Hello, Blue Butterfly community and any new listeners, welcome. This week's episode is called Venus the Sacred Harlot, and in it we explore our relationship to sensuality, pleasure, and creativity. It is a recording of a workshop Millie and I led for the Cheaper Than Therapy podcast community, and we wanted to share this powerful conversation with you. As always, it includes astrological insight, and this time we've also included a guided meditation. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Blue Butterfly Effect podcast to know more about our upcoming events and workshops. We hope you enjoy this conversation. So welcome all of you. Some of you I know, some of you I don't know, but I'm happy to see y'all. Thank you for coming to this workshop. I think it'll be interesting. Um, before Millie and I start any sort of talk or workshop, we always like to do a grounding meditation. Um, so we're going to do that. And then, um, oh, for those of you that don't know, don't know us, I'm Ashley Torrent. I'm a psycho-spiritual counselor and intuitive medium. And Millie is a, um, I just discussed this, intuitive astrologer and spiritual coach. And we are co-hosts together of the Blue Butterfly Effect podcast. Um, and that's a podcast aimed to explore personal transformation and spirituality. So just a little bit about us. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and get started. Let's ground into the space for a moment. You can do this with your eyes open or closed. I like to do it with my eyes closed personally. So just take a moment and become mindful of your breath. Just noticing your inhale and your exhale. Maybe you notice the rise and fall of your chest as you breathe. Maybe you notice the warm, the cool air in, the warm air out. Just breathing with your body at your own pace. And as you breathe, you're shifting your awareness into this present moment, but also we're shifting away from the practical things of life, the to-do list, any work-related projects, anything going on. And we're shifting into this space of presence, of intuition, of soul, of healing, of curiosity, of exploration. And there's a different energy when we shift. And today our topic is Venus, the sacred harlot, which is a very feminine energy. And intuition and soul are also feminine energies, the energy of receiving, of trusting, of being open. And so from this place of presence, I'd like you to imagine that there's a light at the center of your being, which is your soul's energy, this eternal flame that lives within you. And I invite you to ask it to rise into the space of your heart. The heart is the voice of the soul. So you're inviting your soul to come into the forefront of your awareness. And as your soul does, I'd like you to invite that soul's light, that evidence that you are love at your essence, that divine spark that lives within you. I'd like you to invite that light to get bigger and brighter in your heart space. And then I'd like you to imagine that soul's light getting even brighter so that it fills every corner of your being with love. And just noticing what it feels like in your body to shift into this space, this energy of love. And whatever you feel is okay. There's no right or wrong way to do this. It's your intention of being in the space of the soul energy, of this loving energy. And with your light expanded, I'd like you to imagine that light moving down through the, the center of your body, through the base of your spine and out through your legs into your feet and rooting into this beautiful planet, acknowledging Mother Earth, taking a moment to offer her your gratitude and compassion, gratitude for all that she offers us, this beautiful planet that is often forgotten. I like to take a moment and offer her a prayer or wish, an offering of healing, of peace for all beings, all creatures of this planetary body. And also taking a moment to honor the human experience, that it can be so challenging and so beautiful at the same time. And whenever we do this work, we like to stay grounded 
So keeping our energy connected to the earth, I'd like you to imagine that light moving up back to your heart space. And just imagine for a moment it connecting out. Imagine that the light that you offer becomes one with the other lights that are offered. That today in this class, in this community, in this workshop, wherever you are, it doesn't matter, that we all become one light as we just sit together with questions and curiosity and exploration with the intention to be here, to explore this topic, to be with one another in community. And just take another breath from this space. And then when you're ready, just come back to your breath, come back to your body and open your eyes if they're closed, just taking a moment to ground yourself. And then Millie's gonna begin with her astrological exploration of Venus. Thank you, Ashley. As always, your grounding meditations are so beautiful. Um, hello, everyone. Happy Friday. Happy Venus Day. Friday is the day of the week that is ruled by Venus. Um, and now that I think about it, I don't think that was something we factored into making this workshop on a Friday, but it just happens that way. So <clears throat> I'm going to talk a lot about the astrology that we have been experiencing this year with, with the planet Venus, because it's so important. Um, I'm going to guide you through some dates, a few timelines, but before we begin, anyone, anyone who has, who's familiar with their natal chart, um, if you have it handy, if not, it's no big deal. You can go back to the recording and you'll, 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 see this explanation but i'm going to share my screen if you have your charts handy i invite you to look for three signs taurus this here is what it looks like sign of taurus and this little guy here Leo, oh, that's not the sign of Leo, um, and Libra. So Taurus, Leo, and Libra in your chart. And pay attention to what houses that falls in. So these are the houses of the Zodiac. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. And just pay attention to those houses, where those signs fall in those houses as we go through this lesson. If that's not something you want to do now and perhaps you want to do on the replay, that's perfectly fine too. But um, if you're able to do that, then by all means, follow in that way. And here's why. So. For those of you, if, if there are those of you that follow astrology, we experienced what we call a Venus retrograde earlier this year. Venus retrogrades are important because Venus in the Zodiac, and I love this, this, this interpretation and this definition of Venus in the Zodiac uh, by an astrologer named Liz Green. And so what does Venus represent in the Zodiac? Venus reflects a fundamental need within us to challenge those social and moral restrictions, which we impose upon our hearts for the sake of safety and respectability and draw us instead into relationships, which connect with us, connect us with an immediate, passionate and vivid sense of life. Take a moment to read that, to let it land. Because Venus in the Zodiac is often just a planet that is described as a planet of relationship, the planet of harmony, of beauty, aesthetic. But Venus is much, much more important than that because Venus essentially represents, first and foremost, the relationship that we have with ourselves. 
And from that space, the relationships that we then form with others. At least that is ideally how the energy is meant to be expressed, at least in its highest expression, in its most aligned expression to who we are. So if Venus reflects who we're, what and whom in our lives is meant to make us feel an immediate, passionate, and vivid sense of life. I love that this astrologer, Liz Green, notes that we fundamentally have to challenge anything that keeps us from connecting to what our natal Venus wants to connect to. And so you will receive, you will all receive this handout. And here I've listed the signs of the zodiac, but this is for your Venus sign. So, you know, you can go on, there are many apps now, you can go online, your chart calculator, it'll tell you what sign your Venus is in. And so when you receive this handout, you'll read, oh, my Venus is in Cancer. And these are some of the descriptions that I've put on there. But why does it matter that Venus went retrograde this year? because Venus went retrograde in the sign of Leo. And Leo is the sign of our identity, our ego, what help, what makes us feel like we can shine and wear. And Venus went retrograde in the sign of Leo from July to September of this year. So some of the questions that this Venus retrograde posed, and a Venus retrograde represents a time in which we are meant to review and revisit particularly what and whom we are in relationship to and with that does not in fact allow us to have an immediate passionate and vivid sense of life this is interesting because i think we we live in a world that doesn't necessarily lay out a life plan for us that is meant to be lived passionately and vividly. We live in, we tend to, our, the society that we live in tends to be one in which if a particular path isn't fulfilled or followed, then we're somehow falling behind. Then we're somehow not a part of the society. And so when we look at that, in a larger perspective, and we fit in the energy of Venus in there, what happens over time is that our passions, our, our vivid sense of life, our creativity, our sensuality, our expression, that, that light dims over time. And so whether it's because we're in, in a particular career or in certain relationships that we thought we had to be in, um, we thought we had to get married at a certain age. We thought we had to have children at a certain age. We thought we had to follow a certain path in life. This Venus retrograde in Leo that we experienced between July and September of, of 2023 was meant to ask us, what is the relationship to the identity that I have built around my life thus far? And what created that identity? What created that ego? And does it feel honest to me? Does it make me feel alive? Does it make me feel vivid and passionate? And the thing is, is that we see those things as, we don't see feeling vivid, having a vivid sense of life and feeling passionate about our lives as a priority. We don't see that at, almost as a natural way of being. It's almost like we see that as, well, if, if it happens, it happens, or on, only certain people get to experience life in this, in that way. Venus and Leo came at the time that it came in to question if that is in fact true. So I invite you to think about what happened for you, what began to happen for you in your relationships, the relationship to yourself, certain belief systems around what you are capable of and not, what you can and can't do, who you can and can't relate to. 
and how those questions either came up very naturally, depending on where this falls in your chart, or they were prompted by something outside of you that made you ask yourself, what is the relationship to who I am now? What is, who am I right now? And have the things that I've built so far, and I invite you to think back to 2015, because 2015 actually is a year that ties into this Venus retrograde. So what have you built since 2015 to now that perhaps this Venus retrograde cycle between July and September made you realize, mm, am I still that? Do I still want that? Or look how far I've come. Is it time to level up in some way? Another question I invite you to ask yourself is how much, if you've resisted letting go of that part of yourself, if you resisted letting go of that relationship, of that position, of that part of your life, of that belief system, how much does holding on to this part of your ego or identity keep you from actually lining up or aligning with what you desire? with that which you feel passionate about, with that which gives you a vivid sense of life. When we think about feeling passionate about what we do and feeling vivid in our lives, how does that make you feel? Is there a part of you that says, that that's a little ridiculous? You know, we, we have to adult in this life. And there's no way that we can sustain that every single day. And that may be true, but that doesn't mean that we can't create an intentional life that has components of that in a very fundamental way. And that's what this Venus retrograde and Leo came to bring up, came to, to really blow up you know, faces and really ask you, what do you want? What do you want to experience in, experience in your life? Because Venus in the Zodiac also rules money, resources. I'm certain from experience and from working with my own clients, what came up around money, self-worth, and the definition of value for you. How much are you, how how much did you realize you were giving into something or someone? And how much did you notice you were receiving in return? Venus being the planet of relationship does in fact, can in fact at times feel a little transactional. And the point of that is to recognize where is there an imbalance and what does that imbalance cause in the long run? When it comes to what you do for a living, are you getting paid enough for your work? How does it feel to think about, I want to ask for more because, I, because everyone else is making more, but what does that bring up in you? How does that feel in your body? I also invite you to ask yourself, what or whom left your life between July and October that has now made room for something or someone new in your life. So we move into October because in October we experience two eclipses. Eclipses are a significant time that represent significant new beginnings, but that usually come with endings. We had a solar eclipse in Libra on October 14th, and then we had a lunar eclipse in Taurus on October 28th. Both of those signs are ruled by Venus. The solar eclipse in Libra was essentially, here is an energetic opening for you to relate to your life and to people in your life in a different way based on the lessons that you learned between July and September. And this is brand new. So this can feel very uncomfortable. This can feel like, well, I know that I can't continue relating in that way. I know that I can't continue overgiving 
I know that I can't continue pretending to be something I'm not so that I'm chosen and loved because I know where that's gotten me. I know how that makes me feel. And so then the work then becomes, so how do I rewire that? How do I unlearn that to relearn my inherent sense of self-worth and value? So that was a solar eclipse in Libra, a brand new opening that unfolds over the next six months that is asking you, what do you need to let go of in terms of how you relate to your life and the people in it in order to have more a more fulfilling connection to your life and the people in it, where it feels more, more harmonious, where it, do, where it does in fact feel balanced and not because Everything and everyone you're going to attract or desire to attract is exactly who you want them to be. In fact, it's almost quite the opposite. It's not so much about that whom and what you're going to attract is exactly what you want is how do I not lose myself? How do I have a strong enough connection and relationship with myself and to who I truly am or am becoming that no matter who or what comes into my life, I will no, I will not try to shape shift into something I'm not, again, to be loved or chosen. There's something so powerful about strengthening the relationship with the things that actually light us up. Because whatever sign your Venus is in, to lean into that energy is what actually strengthens the relationship to yourself. So I'll give you an example, my Venus, because it's, it's what's closest to me, what I know. I have a Venus in Sagittarius. That Sagittarius energy, I love to learn. I love to teach. I love to travel. I love to, I love to be in spaces where we can discuss, where there's uh, philosophy involved, where there are larger than life topics that we are discussing. I love that. And for a very, very long time, I wasn't honoring that relationship. I wasn't leading into the things that lit me up and brought me joy. Therefore, the relationship to myself was so distant. I didn't have a relationship to myself. So I kept looking outside of, my, outside of myself for things and people to bring me the joy that I needed to connect with within myself through the means of my, of my Venus and Sagittarius. So I really invite you to study your Venus in fill in the blank, because that is going to be what informs you, oh, this is how I connect back to myself. The lunar eclipse in Taurus ended a two-year cycle that started back in November of 2021. And what that was all about, because Taurus is the sign of money, self-worth, value. And one of the questions that I posed for those that work closely with me constantly was who and what deserves my time, energy, effort, and resources? Who and what really deserves my time, energy, effort, and resources? Taurus being an earth sign is very matter of fact. It's, ve it's very, this either makes sense or it doesn't. And there's something really wise about that simplicity that makes things very clear within us. So that lunar eclipse of October 28th, really mar a full moon marks a closing of a cycle. It marks a culmination that asks, what have you learned over the last two years around self-worth, value, money, how much money you're making, how much money you're giving, uh, shared resources with another. Um, what is, how do you feel about yourself, about your work? So many things around value. And because it's ruled by Venus, the feminine principle, I think that a lot of people came very, very face-to-face -face with their money stories. I'm not allowed to ask for more. I'm not allowed to live a certain life. I'm not allowed to do things that bring me joy and pleasure again 
these things that make me feel like I'm vividly living my life. And when we think about this in the larger context, is what conditioning in our society is taking place again that fits us into boxes instead of allowing us to live from this space where we get to align with the things that genuinely bring us joy, with the things that light us up, with the things that we're passionate about, because in that way is how we align with abundance and prosperity. And mind you, abundance and prosperity doesn't just have to do with money, but there's something really interesting about when you do align with an internal sense of abundance and prosperity and how that then is mirrored to your finances. So when we have a year that is so saturated with Venus energy, Venus retrograde, people living our lives, leaving our lives, new people coming in, what are they showing us, uh, topics around money, all all, everything that I've just been talking about, it really comes back to us. When you look at the glyph, when you look at the symbol that symbolizes Venus in the zodiac, it looks like a handheld mirror. So Venus, the planet of relationship, is symbolized by a glyph that looks like a handheld mirror. Who are you looking at first when it comes to how you relate to people and the world? The call back to ourselves, the call back to the relationship to ourselves is so important at large right now because it is probably one of the things that patriarchy and capitalism have thwarted and affected to a degree that it's no wonder we get to a point in our lives where we say, I don't know who I am. I lost myself. I gave too much. I was waiting to be chosen. I was waiting to be loved. When we take that to an even larger context, in Mayan astrology, Venus is known as the goddess of war, which I thought was really interesting because in, in Western astrology, Venus is not the planet of war. Mars is Venus's counterpart. But in Mayan astrology, Venus is known as the goddess of war. And the reason for that is that there is a force to feminine energy that can actually transmute and transform when that feminine, when that feminine energy is tapped into. Think about the how it might feel like there is an internal war going on inside of you sometimes when you are disconnected from yourself, when you don't know what the relationship to yourself looks like, when you've internalized so much judgment and expectation from the outer world that you think that that's true and that's what you're supposed to do, but somehow something feels off. It takes the energy of the goddess of war to say, no, I'm going to come back to myself and I'm going to resist that which I have been told to believe about myself. The limitations that have been placed on me. Venus represents things like receptivity, intuition, creativity, sensuality. Think about what our society at large feels about those things. Whether it's coming from men or women, it doesn't matter. As an intuitive astrologer, the society at large doesn't accept me. That's okay. And that is that Venusian goddess of war saying, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring on this war by doing what lights me up. Because for a long time, I was disconnected from that. And I was very miserable, unhappy, and sick, and depressed. And that's just one example. And so I invite you to really think about how some of these themes 
have been brought to the forefront of your awareness in the last couple of months. Think back again to 2015, what was going on at the time, significant shifts in relationships and perhaps significant shifts in relationships now. Because that's going to help you put your own horoscope together and to put this whole story together with you. Think about how this October, anything that may have really come up between July and September, how this October really has settled things in a way where you can't unsee what you've seen, where you can't say, where I think where we're at is, oh, I can't go back to that. Because think about who you were in June and who you are now. To me, at least personally, I'm way different. So the highest expression of, of Venus energy. And this is where I feel, this is where that Mayan interpretation of Venus of being the goddess of war, this is where, this is where we take a stance, right? I think that this is what the collective is reclaiming powerfully centered in, in her feminine wisdom, generous to others, because the one of the principles of the Venus energy is I am infinitely abundant. So I can generously give to others. Being mindful of not overgiving, being mindful of the intentions behind the giving, but I can still be generous with others makes her uh, own happiness a priority, honors her needs, desires, and wants by asking and remaining receptive. That receptivity factor is really having a connection to spirit or the universe and saying, here is the give, and now I wait for the receiving. Here is the give, and now I wait for the receiving. It's about creating a relationship with spirit, with universal intelligence, to know that when there is an output, there is no need to rush anything because something is coming, but it requires being powerfully centered in your own wisdom. The willingness to negotiate for what we want. I don't know if any of you have ever had to negotiate salaries. If you've ever had to do that or pay something, it can be incredibly difficult. There's an understanding that meeting your needs and desires is actually an act of self-respect. Because again, when you meet your needs and your desires, you are nurturing and strengthening the relationship with yourself that then allows you to know who you are, be centered in your wisdom, and then be able to relate from that space to the world and the people around you. Venus's lower expression, with, which I think was probably very much highlighted with that Venus retrograde cycle uh, between July uh, and September, whether by you or those around you, looking outside of self to others for approval, manipulative behavior in order to be like and take advantage of people and situations, demanding of what of needs and wants and punishes others when that's not met or when that's not received and expecting others to read our mind instead of actually expressing what we desire. Well, if, if they loved me, they would know. Well, they should all, they should know that. In essence, giving your power away and expecting, again, someone else to fulfill something that is your own responsibility. And something that in astrology is called Venus envy. And envy, envy from a really dark place, which is actually quite informative. But if there isn't the wherewithal or the level of consciousness to actually look into what is this envy? saying about what I need, about what I desire, about what I want to align with, then all of a sudden we begin to make enemies out of people who are not. I just want y'all to take a breath 
you know, Millie's shared such beautiful information and we're going to shift gears a bit, but I think it's always important when we shift gears to do it intentionally. So just taking a breath, allowing everything she said, settle into you and just, it won't all settle into you, but begin to settle into you, begin the integration process, but also just noticing how your body feels. Um, talking about Venus, talking about this feminine energy. Um, I feel like we're giving space for this feminine energy to breathe and to express itself, to talk about it. So one of the things that as we've been diving into the Venus energy, Millie and I, and we've been exploring it, and I've been doing my own research about feminine energy. And as an intuitive, I work in feminine energy. Intuition is feminine energy. And so when I became a medium, I became so aware of the difference between when I'm in my masculine energy and when I'm in my feminine energy. You know, masculine energy is um, I'm solving problems. I'm seeking answers. I'm checking off lists. I'm um, there are many more things. And then when I shift my feminine energy, I'm more into like a receiving, a letting go, a surrendering, but not in I'm giving up, but into I'm opening up to receive information and guidance from my soul, from spirit. Um, it's a very trusting, receiving, surrendering, very different from the masculine energy of doing. Both are helpful. Both, we need both. And it's important to know and become aware of when we can shift in and out of both. But in our exploration of this Venus energy, there were three words that kept popping up to me. And one was creativity, sensuality, and pleasure. And I'm going to speak about sensuality and pleasure first, but I remember um, as I talk about them, I want you to pay attention to how they feel in your body, what your response is to them. Because when I was working with a therapy client, she, I remember one day she kept using the word pleasure and I was having a really strong reaction to the word. I felt like almost a gag reflex. And I was like, this is so fascinating. Why am I having this reaction? Um, and what I realized is exploring sensuality and pleasure is those two words are off, often overcoupled with sex, which is a wonderful thing. But there are many of us who have such shame or wounding or conditioning around pleasure and sensuality around sex and also sensuality and pleasure without sex. Um, and so I really had to uncouple the idea that pleasure can be with or without sex and sensuality is with or without sex. Actually, sensuality is about gratification of the five senses. It really has nothing to do with sex. It could be sexual, but it doesn't have to be sexual. And then pleasure is about excitement and enjoyment. It can be in a sexual situation or it can be without. But I realized that for me, what it comes down is to how life energy is expressed. That gratification of the five senses in a sensual way. Like for me, walking through the woods is a sensual experience. Being in the ocean is a sensual experience. Feeling the, the salt water, standing on the beach, feeling the sand and the sun the smells, the sounds, all of it is, is a sensual experience. But how often were we taught that allowing our senses to connect to our natural world or to our environment and expressing ourselves in that gratification of the five senses was bad or shameful? You know, like the way we um, hold our bodies, the way we express ourselves, the way we move can often be projected on. And then when the idea of pleasure, the idea of enjoyment or excitement, what brought to mind was that all the children who were to be seen and not heard, whose curiosity and enjoyment and laughter and self-expression was diminished or shamed because they were too big or too loud for the adults in their lives. Those adults who also had their own wounding around their sensual nature and their pleasure and their creativity. And so what I realized is I was sitting with this is that there's a lot of wounding around our freedom to express ourselves. Like, like I said, the way we move, the way we dress. I mean, when we talk about sex, I got the message, be sexy, but not too sexy, or you're a slut or a whore, right? But you don't want to look not sexy because then you're rigid or boring, right? So how I move in my body and how I portray myself if I did something then I was, I could get in trouble or get hurt for expressing myself that way. Like it was like these, these rules of how to be. And I found that I just felt so confined by these rules of, well, do this, but don't do that. And don't show that you're having a positive experience or feeling joyful or laughing or all these things, because 
you might make the adults in the room or the people around you feel bad because they don't feel that way. I mean, it's very, there's this beautiful idea of sympathetic joy, this idea that we can experience joy and, and witness another person's joy. But how often, even like in social media, do we witness another person having a good moment and the first reaction is ugh, wanting to criticize, wanting to judge, wanting to hate, all of those things. We have not learned to tolerate or celebrate other people's joy, excitement, pleasure, sensuality. And in some cultures they do, but I feel like in our culture, especially that's very repressed around sex, very repressed around self-expression, very repressed around feminine energy, very controlling that we've lost our connection to these. And for me, creativity is so many things, but it's so much more than just art, the art you put into the world. To me, creativity is the manifestation of your soul, the manifestation of like your soul's desire, your life. But how often do we limit our creativity and our self-expression and how we love and how we move the world and our passion because of how we've been conditioned to be small and tame and we don't wanna make other people uncomfortable. And I don't know about you, but I've had enough over it. And what was really shocking to me is when I found out my Venus is an Aries. So I thought back to the little girl that I was living with a very mentally ill mom who could not tolerate my light. So my Venus is a fiery expression. And she did everything she could to shut that down. And when I found that out, it like this ache inside me, this ache inside my body that I have kept so small that inner fire that wants to passionately love and express and be in all the things like I'm talking now, you know, to be my truest expression of myself. So I want to do a little bit of like a psychological exercise and intuitive exercise with y'all. And you can share or not share. I, it's totally up to you. But I do want you to think about those three words for a moment, creativity, sensuality, and pleasure. Oh, and look, <laughs> apparently <laughs> I can make balloons go. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Anyway, I can't see anyone else's faces. So I don't know if they're laughing. Um, it's really funny that that happened and that's never happened before as handsy as I am that I was talking about those three words <laughs> and balloons came up. <laughs> anyway, so think about those for a moment. And I want you to be honest with yourself. What is a narrative you have around each of these words? Like I said, for me, sensuality, not allowed. It was dangerous. Pleasure, ugh, don't want to express that I am experiencing pleasure because then somebody might know how I feel and that would be dangerous. You know, so think about it for a moment. And I hope that your narratives are different from my, that than the ones I had, but just take a moment to think about those. What are your narratives around them? And as you write these narratives, I'd like you to also write what you want them to be. What would, how could you rewrite them? So for me, I wanna welcome pleasure into my life. I want to be able to share that openly, that I'm enjoying something or I'm excited and not feel any shame or restriction around it. And it not always have to be tied to sex that yes, it's great when it's tied to sex, but not everything around this has to be about sex. Your sensual experience of the natural world connects you to the earth and we're so disconnected from the earth in general, right? We're disconnected from our relationship and appreciation from it, the way we treat it. Um, you know, there's not really a lot of laws to protect it. And so when we become, speaking about systems, when we become, and we come in contact with our sensual nature and connect to the earth, then we become aware that, wow, something's wrong. And maybe we need to do something differently, you know? And it's like coming in contact with our sensual nature is coming in contact with our intuition. Because intuition, you know, when I do mediumship or I connect soul to soul, it's all about using the five senses, you know? I can see them, I can feel them, you know, smell, hear, all the things that come through. Um, that's such an important part of intuition. So it's like we are shifting when we come in contact with these places inside of ourselves and we reprogram ourselves like, wait, I don't want to live life this way. I actually, there's something more here. Or like you said, you know, like the things that you were shoving, shoving down or repressing, you want to come in contact with. 
you know, what you also find is like the simplest things bring you pleasure, you know, and then that goes against a consumerist society and capitalism and all the things. That's a whole nother story. Okay, so we're going to do um, a guided meditation. And um, I want you to pay attention in this meditation. This is you know, if you think about using your intuition, guided meditations are such a great way to wake up your intuition to get you in contact with it. So as you go through this meditation, really pay attention to your five senses. What are you feeling? What are you seeing? What are you smelling? What are you tasting? What are you hearing in the um, in the meditation? And um, that's a good way to receive information and also just have a clearer picture of um, what's being offered to you in this. So I invite you to close your eyes again and become aware of your breath. Just going back to that breath that settles us into this moment, that helps us become aware of our bodies, our homes in this world. And just breathing at your own pace for a moment, letting everything we've talked about settle for a moment. And I want you to imagine that light of your soul once again in your heart space. Just imagining that love expanding and getting brighter and brighter, filling every corner of your being. Inviting your soul to participate in this meditation, in this conversation. And knowing that intentionally we're shifting away from the the critical thinking mind, like the fear and doubt mind and moving more into the opening up receiving way of being. And from this place, I want you to imagine standing in your heart, standing at the gates of your heart. Take a moment and notice what color is your heart space? What do the gates look like? Notice what it feels like to stand in your heart. What is the terrain? And I want you to notice that beyond the gates are a path, is a path. So I want you to walk through the gates and walk on that path. And as you walk on the path, there are bushes and flowers and trees lining the path. You can feel your feet on the ground Notice what you hear as you walk along. What color flowers do you see? Do you smell them? And as you walk along this path, you come across a garden and it's a small garden and it's enclosed. If you walk through the opening, there's ivy like overhead. And there's beautiful flowers and plants lining the walls of this enclosed garden. There's a water source that's nurturing all the plants and the flowers. It's very lush, very beautiful. Notice how it feels to be in the garden of your heart. And on the far wall, there hangs a mirror. And I'd like you to walk towards the mirror. This is a mirror that offers a reflection of your truest nature. And I'd like you to take a moment to stand in front of it and see your reflection. What do you see? Who or what is standing there looking back at you with loving eyes? Take a moment to take that image, that reflection in. How does it feel to be gazed upon with those eyes? How does it feel to see this being? And then I want you to ask the being in the mirror for an offering. I want you to ask them for a gift that you can take with you. 
and hold in your hand that gift and just take a moment and notice what you receive. And I want you to thank your reflection. Thank it. And then I want you to take the gift, the offering, and put it on an altar underneath the mirror, the altar of your heart. A place that it can be out in the open, a place that it can be a source or a gift for you, a resource that you can come back to, that can be a part of this beautiful garden. Take a moment and notice how you feel having received the gift, having seen your reflection. And then when you're ready, thank the garden. Go back under the archway and go back to the path. Walk back down the path to the gates of your heart. And when you've exited, just say thank you to your heart for offering you this moment. Take one last look around at what your heart looks like. And then when you're ready, Come back to your body, come back to the present moment, open your eyes and take notes on what you experienced and what you saw. Remember everything in that the experience is information, the colors, the textures, were the gates opened or closed? How high were they? How small were they? That's information for you what the garden looked like, what the water source was like. Was it a pond, a river, a fountain? And what did you see in the mirror? What did it offer you? And if anyone wants to share what they saw, I'd love to hear, but again, you don't have to. I can tell you that when I went in, my gates were tall, but they were open and they were gold. And my heart looked like a combination of sunrise or sunset, like dusky, um, pinks and oranges. And the garden was lush and there was a little pond. And then in the mirror, I saw a fire drake, which really surprised me. It was beautiful. And it offered me a flame. And I left that flame in the altar of my heart. So that was really cool. <laughs> I just want to share, um, I think <clears throat> from an astrological perspective, I think that anyone who has Libra, Taurus, and Leo placements, I think everyone really experienced everything I talked about earlier, but if you have those signs, pay attention to what came up for you because it's significant information. Um, as a Libra ascendant, my chart is ruled by Venus. And so what I, what I saw myself as was, I kind of went somewhere else, but it was almost like I was seeing like this future self. So everything that has been coming up for me in the last couple of months as to how I'm meant to step into the space that I truly desire for myself, it was almost like I was seeing my future self. And she had really long hair. And I'm trying to grow out my hair, so. <laughs> awesome. Can I ask what she offered you? She offered me a key. Ooh. A key. Like, when I, I forget what the what are those old keys called? I forget what a they're called. Key? Yes. Skeleton key. A key. Yeah. I thought, that oh, wow. What came up uh, intuitively was like a key to my own heart. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. 
I always um, am amazed what comes up when we did these kind of meditations when I was in school. Like it was incredible. Like you know, you're you're you have to get to the castle and go over the moat and through the gates. And how do you get in? And everyone's experience of how they get in is different. Do you have to sneak in, or are you welcome? You know, all of it's information. Okay, so what I love about this guided meditation. Um, in regard to like this Venus is, you know, just like the highest expression of ourself, this beautiful manifestation that we can bring into action. And the creativity that I was talking about, I mentioned before, but it's like, how do you use pleasure and sensuality to work with your creativity? And what kind of life do you want to create? What kind of relationships do you want to create? But also like, how do you want to be with yourself? How do you want to welcome these things in? And what would that look like? What are steps you can take that maybe need to be small at first so you can learn to tolerate, you know, because I think these words, like Jenny Lee was saying, that some of us were not taught to focus on them. They can feel indulgent. Um, it can feel like, you know, who has time for that? So for me, being in nature is one of the ways I can indulge all three of these. I find that my intuition is heightened in nature and sensuality and pleasure for sure. So I would just encourage you to think about how could you introduce these ideas into your life? What small waves that feel tolerable, but also good. And then notice also, you know, the, the ways that you might be diminishing your light or your fire and, and small ways that you can start being a little bit bigger, a little bit more expansive, a little more embodied, and also practicing what it's like to have sympathetic joy for others. You know, if you've struggled, and I think we all do at times, like if someone has something good happen to them, then that might mean something about my me, like it's a deficit in me. Um, sitting with the celebration of another being, sitting with that, you could you be happy for them? Could you celebrate knowing that we're all one, we're celebrating each other? But what would it be like to do that? To have pleasure for another person's joy and to be in a sensual connection with someone when they're happy, joyful, excited, creative, all the things. As I mentioned, because you were noticing what are some practical, you were mentioning, sorry, what are some practical ways um, that we can lean into the themes that we talked about today, especially considering <laughs> the overhaul of Venusian energy that we've had in our lives over the last couple of months. And the point has been to really connect with that fire and that light within you um, that can, in fact, manifest in people saying you've changed some people might say you've changed something's glowing keep doing that others it's like you've changed what's wrong with you either way there's something that is different so how we continue to nurture that is i really invite you to uh research what sign your venus is in reach research themes around it there's a ton of stuff um online like I said, the handout that you're going to get from us, I did some, you know, very, very intro bullet point type stuff, but I really do invite you to research it. Pay attention to what you're naturally drawn to that actually uh, fulfills you and not drains you, that actually makes you feel full and abundant afterwards and not depleted and second guessing yourself afterwards. Pay attention to that because Venus represents what we're naturally drawn to, what we are in relationship with. And finally, especially for November, the astrology really calls for us to show up on a day to day in the most practical ways for that which we are desiring in the long run. So um, for a lot of people, it has manifested in like create like a creative project of some sort, or I want to go after that. I want to build something, create, right? You may not know, you may have a vision of that big idea, but it can feel like a lot. The astrology, especially for November, calls what can you do on a day to day? What are the simple practical steps? Right? So, I don't know if you're, if you, you're trying to work for yourself, have you built the website? Have you picked out your brand colors? Have you, are you showing up, uh, communicating with people, community? 
come back to the present and connect with it from a space of, again, that makes you feel good, that is creative, that feels abundant. This may sound like, well, of course, duh. But we have to understand the degree to which we're conditioned to not feel okay with prosperity, abundance, and pleasure. And when we can remember that, it really does become a daily thing to remind myself, I get to feel good about the things that I do. I get to feel good about the things that I build, the people that I uh, connect with, what I create. And it doesn't have to be anything other than that. So I leave you with that because, like I said, I don't think we realize the extent. And so it is through intentionally connecting with the things that, again, bring us joy and pleasure and a sense of abundance and prosperity and make us feel fulfilled and not depleted that we come back to ourselves in that way. Because at our core, we are light and love. And light and love is not heavy or depleting. Light and love is inspiring. And light and love can give. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so before we close, um, I do want to say that if anyone um, has questions after the workshop or anyone who sees the recording, um, I know for me, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, are you okay if they reach out to you, Millie? Yeah, and the easiest way is to DM me on uh, Instagram. Me too. And um, if you liked what Millie and I had to offer, please don't hesitate to check out our podcast, The Blue Butterfly Effect Podcast, where we explore spirituality and transformation, um, all those good things, and astrology, intuition, all these beautiful topics. And um, for your last time, I like to close every workshop we do just with a short closing of coming back to our breath. So I invite sorry, you to come one. Sorry, yeah. one more thing. One more thing I forgot to mention. I am offering yearly readings. So it is, I call it the looking ahead reading. I do a reading for 2024 based specifically on your chart. And I let you know the potential energetic manifestations of that so if you go to my instagram it is posted on my stories and on my link yes and i'm the worst marketer so i will thank you for the reminder um i teach an intuitive development class and spiritual mediumship class that will be um i'll be teaching again in january so if you like this work if you're interested in the intuitive side of things or mediumship you want to explore your soul on a deeper level um, I'd love for you to join and I'll start posting about that probably in December. So we good? Okay. So let's close this group, this class, just coming back to our breath, coming back to our bodies. Once again, the more we do this throughout the day on our own, coming back to love, coming back to our bodies, coming back to stillness is so helpful. It's nourishing. It's strengthening. It gives us a break from chaos. So I just want to say thank you to each of you for being here and thank you to anyone who will be watching the recording. We have so much gratitude for anyone showing up and participating. Gratitude for this community, gratitude for Danae and Vanessa and Tess for being here and Sandra for the way she manages everything. Just thank you, thank you, thank you. And I hope that you know that wherever you are on your journey in this work, this healing work that we do, that you are never alone, that there is community available to you and that you have loved ones around you, your soul guiding you at all times, that you can come back to that intuition, come back to that heart space and that soul, come back to that image you saw in your meditation if you need a reminder of what's true for you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I release this with love and say thank you. I hope you'll have a beautiful Friday. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Both Millie and I have upcoming offerings that we wanted to share with you. On January 21st, Millie will be hosting an event celebrating the sun and Pluto in Aquarius. You can find tickets through her Instagram page at astro underscore consciousness. And if you're interested in developing your intuition, my class, Finding Magic in the Mundane, 
is an introduction to intuitive development and spiritual mediumship. It also begins January 21st and is an eight-week online course. Payment plans are available, and if you're interested or have questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram at ashleytorrent29 or through email at ashleytorrent29 at gmail.com. We look forward to sharing another episode with you very soon. Thank you all for joining us once again on another episode. It is always our pleasure to have these conversations. If you like the show, please rate and review. It is always a great help for us. And if you'd like to know what we're up to, check out our show notes or check us out on Instagram at Blue Butterfly Effect Podcast at AshleyTorrent29 or at Astro underscore Consciousness.